summertime, lads. This is the this is it, isn't it? This is the life. Look at the tans on you. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it might be summer where, where Phil is, but it's pissing down here. <laughs> yeah, similar here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll get here. <laughs> Sun always shines on you, though, Phil, doesn't it? Um, when it's on TV, physically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here we are, Series 2, Episode 10. What a very exciting evening we've got ahead. Um, and we've got, I think, probably our biggest selection of music on a show ever. So we've actually got 13 tracks lined up for tonight, um, which is just phenomenal. Martin, you did an amazing job pulling all this together again. Mm. Um, we've also got a very exciting interview. I'm going I'm to give it away early on this one. We've got Dominic Halkin, um, who we're going to be doing an interview with about halfway through the show, uh, who is a songwriter. Uh, he's also a performer. Do a bit of Googling if you've not heard about him before, before we get to the, uh, the interview. But um, Dominic really knows his stuff. And we're going to play an amazing piece of music that he created uh, a little bit later on as well. To start the night off, crikey, have we got a song for you. This is unbelievable. Um, so do, do you want to just give us a little bit of background on it, Martin, before we kick into this? Again, it's, it's a local lad called Jay Robinson. Uh, I think he's in uh, Old Colwyn. Right. Uh, local, local to us anyway. So... Um, and uh, I actually met him oh, before lockdown, I think it was. He bought one of my keyboards. Right. Um, I had no idea what his involvement was. Uh, and obviously, you know, I knew he was a musician. He works with Dead Mouse. Uh, so that's a pretty big, you know, yeah. uh, thumbs up there. Yeah, I've been asking him for, you know, for a few, few, a few weeks now. Can we have a track? And he sent me a few. Anyway, this one is pretty special as well because uh, he managed to get hold of some samples uh for a track uh i don't think it was actually planned for his track from what it was describing to me but uh he's used these samples uh idris elba right uh the the well-known yeah, uh, internationally uh, famous well actor yeah oh yeah just a bit yeah yeah so, dj uh, and yeah everything else that he does <laughs> so this is a fantastic track and you can tell it's you know it, it's top-notch production yeah so, absolutely uh, it is amazing yeah, uh, and then I know, Phil, you've been doing a lot of uh, note-taking on this, so um, do you want to just give us your little quick snippet before we jump in and we'll have your proper proper bits afterwards? Yeah, I just I could feel a bit of the um, pump-up-the-volume roots of this. Yeah. There's a bit of, like, um, that old-schooly sort of rhythm that it starts off with. But, yeah, let's have a listen to it, and uh, I've got some yeah. other ideas after. Brilliant. Let's stick it on. So this is Jay Robinson featuring Idris Elba. This is Know Yourself.
That was Jay Robertson featuring Idris Elba. Tune! What a tune that was to kick off with. Come on, Phil. I know you've been sitting there desperate to give you little pieces out about this one, but that was just awesome. Yeah, like I said, it, I thought it started off a bit like pump up the volume and yeah. then later on it goes, it, there gets a bit of a swing into it, like the UK garage type of feel. But there's a fantastic um, sample of Idris. Yeah. You can tell that he, he's got that from somewhere that had it done bespoke. Because yeah. I don't think it was done primarily for his track, but I think somebody let him have the, uh, the sample with full... Um, blessings from Idris. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thumb, big thumbs yeah, up. That's right. Pa- apparently, uh, there's a, um, I think it was originally were planned for a, uh, he's worked with a guy called Majestic who's uh, done a rework of Boney M. Rasputin. Oh, really? Um, so, there's a, that's sort of the connection. Yeah. Right. But it was uh, so just, yeah. I mean, that was mm. a proper big dance uh, tune. Um, you know, that's a real yeah. proper get down and boogie one. I could sit and fill. You can't help yourself mm. sometimes. Oh. You were getting up in the middle of that one again. Yeah, that's true. And I've got an interesting fact about Boney M. Right. One, their tour manager used to be our tour manager when we were in the Adventure Bay. Really? Right. Mm. Yeah. And he told us they were originally called Boney Mofo <laughs> because they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> because you couldn't get a hit with that in those days in the seventies, they cut it down to Boney M. Well, and I, do you know what? I went to the Boney M relaunch party um, in where was it? It was somewhere in London, Covent Garden or somewhere like that. Because uh, I knew their manager at the time when they were relaunching. And there was about eight of us there. It, it was a really, it was a, it was a sad do. It wasn't quite the relaunch <laughs> they were expecting. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was an amazing tune. Though. Thank you very much, Jay, for uh, for sending that in. So, if people want to listen to more of Jay's stuff, where where can they listen to that? Uh, yeah, Bandcamp. Um, right. I think it's uh, officialjrobinson.bandcamp.com. Okay, brilliant, superb. Um, again, same as last week, we're gonna have to keep this a little bit snappy tonight, just because we've got so much in here, and we do have an interview mm. halfway through as well. So we're gonna we're just gonna have to yeah. do really quick reviews and then dip into the song. So we're gonna go straight into our next one, which is, oh, this is this is lovely. So this is all in the radio, Sunburst.
not about money. It's truly about making the difference in the life of another human. Only human radio. So that was all India radio, Sunburst. <laughs> see, that, see, what, see what happy people that's made us. That was just uh, a beautiful piece of music. That's, it's like a real, like a proper summer vibe to it, though, wasn't it? Like a summer's evening. Like, and it's not perfect for tonight being so hot. Uh, the whole album is just so chilled. The guitars in there, which are, you know, it's just so so lush and obviously that you know there's, there's plenty of electronics going on there but um yeah the down tempo yeah they described as a down tempo lo-fi instrumental group right. uh, there are a few um there are a few vocals as well um uh with, within the actual album but they've yeah. done so much this these guys are um well it's basically the project of uh, martin kennedy i think his name is right and there are ooh, at least uh, 26 albums Really? So this Smiling. is just one. Yeah. Cheap. It is amazing. Now, how did you find it, Phil? Yeah, it's... Um, are these Australian guys? Um, mm. you know, in the yeah. origin? That's yeah. Such is the reach of, of um, Only Human Radio now. But it's um, absolutely beautiful. It's called Sunburst. And it did bring to me... the. They always say the light is amazing in Australia. And I could imagine myself with those lush like you say guitars with all the delay and mm. everything the treatments and all that going on um imagine sitting in front of air's rock at, mm. at sort of sundown with all the colors changing and that track going on no, in the background no, it's, not, Just, it's not called air's rock anymore is it oh no it's the <laughs> aboriginal name isn't yeah. it yeah which what i have no it? idea what it is yeah i've forgotten now but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out later <laughs> And with a Brilliant. packet of Sunburst in your pocket, because I loved it. I used to love a packet of Sunburst. Remember Sunburst? Yeah. The little fruity thingies. That's right. Yeah, and the lime Not one was really, really <laughs> limey. Yeah. Not so good if you sat on for a long time in hot weather. No, that's true, Phil. Yeah. No, that can cause a trouser incident. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right there. But there's, that was... there's definitely a Pink Floydy vibe about it, I think, as well. I've got yeah. that written down, yeah. Pink yeah. Floyd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And but System it, Seven. There was an old band called System Seven in the in the nineties right. that, that were a bit Floydy and but, but a bit mm. more on the electronic side. It was a bit bit like them, the, the original mm. System Seven album. Again, an amazing piece of music. So again, is, is Bandcamp best place again for searching this uh, out? Yeah, they, I think they got. I'm pretty sure this is a Bandcamp. Right. Uh, it's shop forward slash music. And because when I go go to a bank camp, that's what comes up. So they okay. have their own URL for some reason. Right. Okay. It's all right. Well, we'll try and stick that link uh, a little bit further down in the chat as well. Um, we'll say we'll do it and then we'll forget. Uh, so anyway, yeah, mm. but that was brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for sending that through. Um, so next up, we've got uh, a proper friend of the show because it's Marianne Holland, who's actually Martin's partner. Um, so mm -hmm. I tell you what, let's go straight into this. This is Marianne Holland with Stronger. together sometimes hard to believe we've ever survived and you never even doubted even when I often faltered you built a stronger steel even when I stumbled I know we're stronger 
Marianne Holland stronger. Do you know what, Martin? She's got an amazing voice. I wrote down uh, Kate Bush stroke Toya. Oh, you said that, that was that was a QI that was a QI thing. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> she, she, the, uh, the Kate Bush. She always gets compared with Kate Bush. She says, "I don't sound anything like Kate Bush." She does. She does. What did you think? Well, because yeah. you 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 did a big yeah there. I think you probably. Yeah, I, I wrote down Kate Bush, but no, I agree with Martin. She doesn't sound exactly, but she's got a Kate Bush delivery. Yeah. It's the delivery okay. that's Kate Bush's rather than the tone. Yeah. You're forgiven, yeah. Phil, but uh, Jules is Jules isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll live with it. Yeah, right. But no, it really was beautiful. She has got an amazing voice, Martin, doesn't she? She really has. Yeah, she wrote, she wrote this track uh, probably about 20 years ago, but she used a, a product called Music 2000. You guys, yeah. do, do, do you know that? Yeah, it's, okay. um, this Music 2000 software was available inside PlayStation. And so basically you, you got a whole bunch of samples and you just place them. It's very much like Magix when I first started using Magix, um, where you just, they had all these samples, all these different genres, and she put them all together to make mm. a track. So, but 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 also there was an element of um, creating riffs inside. So it wasn't just blocks of samples here and there, create a beat or whatever. She wrote it in in this this particular music 2000, and then she redeveloped it. Well, I think uh, in 2013, mm. uh, using um, using Reason, oh, and, right, okay. uh, and and those plugins for for that. And I think she used analog uh, lab, analog labs as well, when the old right. version of analog labs. Yeah. So that's how it sort of came about. So sort of with, uh, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, Cubase was used as well, apparently. But right. so Cubase and probably Kate Walker eventually. Yeah. And so that's how that's how it developed. Yeah. But it was, yeah, you can see again mm. all the production stuff from mm. from anything you guys put out is always extremely good. How did you find it, Phil? Yeah. Um. I'll I'll put in there. I guess it's coming from the old software or whatever that. There's, I really like the vintage-sounding drum machine. Sound like a, mm. a Bentley Rhythm Ace or something, and, um, or an old Roland oh, yeah. type, type drum machine. Um, really like yeah, that. It, I miss that bit because yeah, she said, she said it was a it was a sample again from that program of the of the CR seventy eight. Right. Yes. Oh, that makes sense mm. then. And also, she's great with the. I love the backing vocal treatments that stand mm. them out. From her, because she's obviously done her own backing vocals. Sometimes that's difficult to make work, and she's managed to do it with whatever, however she's treated the voice, to to make those backing vocals complement her lead yeah. voice beautifully. I mean, the singing's fab fabulous anyway, so and fits in perfectly with the with the tune. Well, at the end, there's there's a really beautiful art. And uh, it, it's because apparently she said it was meant to be two songs originally, and, and that art would often drift. I think drifted into another song, but she, she the way she's done it is actually f finishes the song. Right. And um, there's a I, I know so I recognise that. And a, there's a, a group called the Crystal Method, which um, uh, I like uh, back for oh, ten years ago. And there's, there's a there's an art very similar to it, and they're going right. to the uh, which which is part of one of those tracks. Yeah, again, really lovely stuff. And uh, so Marianne's stuff, again, is that, is, is band, should we just say Bandcamp after every single one? Because probably Bandcamp's best place to go for everything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, she's uh, MarianneHolland.Bandcamp.com, but this this track isn't uh, available yet. So okay. uh, she, I think she wants to, wants to try and get it done on, a, on her next release. Right, brilliant. Fantastic. Well, brilliant. thank you very much, Marianne. It was just a superb piece mm. of music. Right, we're going to jump straight into Absolutely. the next one. Uh, so coming up now, we have got, ah, it's, it's a... It's an old favourite of mine. It's it's minimums. Can you lift me up? Do the uh, 
<laughs> I'm really sorry. It has to go in. Didn't even I didn't even need to encourage you, did I, to use, to do the joke? <laughs> oh dear. So this is minimums. Uh, this is small hours. minimum small hours um that was great i mean we've played a fair few minimum songs before um uh, they are always mm. fantastic there was like there was a bit of keyboard in there that sounded like a uh, like a trumpet sample played on a keyboard if you know what i mean i yeah. uh, do you know it's it's, it's such it's, it's it's a very short piece of music i mm. I, I just listened to it as a piece as a whole i, I couldn't hit, um because it was just so, so chilled yeah i thought it was fantastic i like there's some like reverse sample in there yeah something in, in uh, backwards samples and uh, mm, just nice. really, really, and uh, yeah. and it and it's called small hours, and it conjured up being in the hacienda or something in the chill out room mm. at, late at night, and I can imagine that track being on and just you know chilling out to it. You've had a bit too much to drink and just letting <laughs> it wash over you and, and it reviving you. But um, what I did like, I had a look at his band camp, yeah, and um, only Human Radio's got a bit of a mention there on his banner and that. Oh, so. really? 
fair oh. play to him. Oh, oh, I didn't realize. So we'll jump yeah. out of that and uh, we're going to jump into something which is a little less relaxed, a little less ambient, but I tell you what, it's right up my alley. Uh, so we'll have a chat about this on the way out. I'll see if I can pronounce this correctly. Eromnim. Eromnim. That's it. Eromnim 3. Eromnim uh, 3, I think. Eromnim yeah. 3. That's the fella. <laughs> Dark Machina. Here we go. I'm going to tell you about quantum computers now, but keep in mind that what we have in our pockets and on our decks is a fantastic feat of technology.
Romnum 3, Dark Machina. That was absolutely bang up my alley, that was. That was just amazing. There was a, oh, there was a voice yeah. sample in there. What was that voice sample? I couldn't work out whether that was them or whether that was a sampled piece out of the film or what it was. I, th- I think it sounds like an interview with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with a, some sort of scientist. I think there's two samples yeah. in there. The actual, actually, the, the piece is called DM6, Quantum Computing ah. Parallel Universe. It's from it's from the album Dark Machina, ah, I, I believe. Right. So, ah, nice. so they, from what I was gathering from uh, John, who's my contact, they started creating this album Dark Machina, and so every track was called DM1, DM2, etc., yeah. etc., and with a certain you know with some subcontext between between it. Yeah, I actually heard these guys. One of my tracks was again played on um, uh, a show called uh, from from a guy I know called Chris Wave. Hmm. And uh, it was again. It was, was listening to the show, and these guys popped up, and uh, so I contacted them, and uh, they're from Scotland somewhere. Um, right. I can't remember where exactly. I should, should have remembered. All <clears throat> oh, right, brilliant. How did you find it, Phil? Yeah, I thought I thought it was powered by Iron Brew a bit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an aggressive, sinister yeah. electronic um, with a synthetic beats. Um, there's a lot of thought and effort put into the breaks in those beats, yeah. I thought. Because a lot of times people just let people think beats run, but mm. they, but these have got like, you've got a run feeling, but it was a lot more work had gone into it. Um, I thought it was very interesting, the vocal sample once again. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it, it, it ended up really sci-fi horror-ish at the end. Yeah. Of, I, I yeah. felt at the end. Of, and I quite, I really liked that. Um, but um yeah, a yeah. very. Oh, and apparently they do. They specialise in 
on their website and creating unique sonic soundscapes, which I think that's they, it, yeah. that's mm. describes they, that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that does describe it perfectly. It was, it was beautifully dark. I did enjoy the darkness of that. I like a bit of dark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did Quite, as well. Uh, yeah, industrial feel. Probably yeah. thro throbbing gristle sort of territory. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd right. say so. Um, yeah. So again, is is this is Bandcamp the best place to go? <laughs> we skip past that throbbing gristle quickly. Is Bandcamp the best place yeah. to go? <laughs> I could have spun myself off very quickly on, on, on uh, Oh, yeah. The oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> managed to hold you myself back. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, sorry. Uh, but is Bandcamp the best place to go and find some more? Well, funny enough, yes. There we go. Eromnim3.bandcamp.com. <laughs> um, Perfect. Well, search them out because uh, if there's any more like that up there, then that's going to be an absolute treat. Uh, right. Coming up now, thank you very much indeed as well, Eromnim3. Um, so, coming up now, we've got our interview with Dominic Halkin. Um, So, Dominic is a songwriter. Uh, he's written a, a best selling single or co written a best selling single that was uh, in the charts in. Um, the UK, in Ireland, I can't remember where else in the continent, all over the place. Um, he's also collaborated with some amazing people through the years to create some astonishing music, which we'll, we'll all have heard of. So we'll dive into the interview. And then what we're going to do on the other side of that, Dominic's very kindly given us uh, a video of a live performance he did as well, which is absolutely just awesome. Uh, so we're going to play that on the other side of that, and then we'll come back and have a chat. So this is Dominic Halk. Okay, well, good evening, and we've got two times Ava Novella Award nominated keyboard player, session musician, songwriter, and plug-in inventor. It's only Dominic Hawken. Oh, my God, who is this guy? It's certainly not me. Thank you very much. What a welcome. <laughs> I recognise that guy. All a very long time ago, I might add, so it makes it fine. <laughs> well, not necessarily some of the, some of the plug-in inventing. That's, that's right here and now, isn't it? We'll, we'll come on to that a little, yeah, bit, okay. uh, a little bit later on, but it's great to meet you, and then fantastic that you've uh, come on the show and really appreciate you spending your time with us. No, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I know Andy Darrant um, as we've worked together a few times in the past, so... Uh, I can't remember what happened. I think basically something he was doing popped up on my Facebook stream and I thought, and, uh, listen to, uh, oh gosh, must have been six months ago now, I listened to one of the streams. Oh, this is great. And uh, so it's lovely to be here, actually. Really, really good. Thank you very much indeed. No, no, it's a pleasure. No, thanks. And thank you for listening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you had quite a career uh, and still going on now. It's, uh, it's quite, quite extraordinary what you've done. Um, so what I was going to just chat about a little bit is the right at the start of your career and how you started out. Because you started, well, you were, you were a session musician initially, I think, weren't you? And then started to do some work with some, some big names quite quickly. Kind of, yeah. I, um, I moved to Bristol with my family. Um, and I'd learned piano at school, but I just got to the stage where I, I kind of got to grade eight and I, I was good. I enjoyed piano, but yeah. I, I couldn't really play anything other than sheet music. And I got to that stage where it, it was getting a bit boring. I wasn't going to be a pianist. Um, I quite liked, you know, I was well into music and I quite liked tech and that kind of stuff. Um, and synthesizers had just kind of come out that were almost affordable yeah. so rather than being the jupiter eights at two or three thousand pounds the juno six had come out and the early the stuff that everyone loves these days yeah. the jx31 and and they were under a thousand pounds which was still a big ask but they you could scrape my money, money together and, and buy a synth and i wanted to join bands so i joined a band that i found in in bristol hmm. and i was literally just doing it was quite a big pub kind of music scene um 
and it was pre kind of um, massive attack and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we were going out and it was the first time I never really played in a, in a, in a band. And I realized that, that piano lessons weren't really that much help when someone comes along with a guitar and says, right, play along to this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, and I really... <laughs> <laughs> the one thing about synthesizers is that with one note held down you sound a lot more interesting than a piano with yeah. one note held down so you can make up you can kind of make up for a lack of, of ability with with enthusiasm and a good sound so so that was my kind of baptism and whilst we were doing this and we were playing we had lo loads of fun um i got a university place uh at in london i just put down london for everything and i just wanted to move to london because yeah. that's where the, the music was really and i i took a year off um i didn't really want to go to university i just have no idea how um so i took my year off and before that year kind of started um one of the guitarists in, in the band that, uh, in another band the bristol band that we knew had had a flight back from dubai where i think a lot of the musicians would go out to dubai to do gigs in sort of covers bands and stuff yeah. out there it's quite lucrative so the, a lot of the guys that were working in dubai in the uh, you know the, in the hotels and stuff that they were staying they used to put on entertainment he came back anyway and he said i've just i just come back from dubai and i sat next to a marilyn this guy who was a, a, a pop star in the 80s his yeah. friend he said i've, I've I had marilyn's flatmate <laughs> who was also over there singing a guy called eddie um and and he's looking for a, a, a guitarist and a keyboard player and i said i might do guitar for him can you yeah do you fancy doing the keyboard said, this is great this is really great so so we went off to london with my keyboard and, and in my ford escort and him and his with his guitar and it turned out that this is a guy called Eddie Armani, who's a great singer, but never quite cracked it. Um, and he was doing a gig supporting Marilyn, his flatmate, right. relaunching Marilyn's career. Um, and it, I'll cut a long story short, I ended up playing keyboards for Marilyn and Eddie Armani. Um, and then subsequently Boy George, George after yeah. he left the culture club. So I, I kind of cracked that scene of, yeah. of, of circle of people, if you like, really. Um, and, and that, got me yeah basically culture club uh, after after marilyn basically did the gig uh, we did some recording with him um i was in a band briefly with uh, a lovely lady lady kate, kate garner who was in hazy fantasy yeah back then with jeremy healy who's now a massive dj hit. so i was in a band called deep space with another lady called julia princess julia who's a massive club icon and this was me aged 18 i think just some situation in london which was just, just like, like i mean honestly two years before that i'd looked at pictures of hazy fantasy in magazines and gone oh, i'd love to be in a band like that Do you know what i mean this the pictures and the, and the images were incredible and now i'm sitting in their flat you know with paul kaplan <laughs> who was hazy's manager and, and marilyn's manager kind of like this is yeah this is, this, is, this is great you know very incredibly naive I offer that a certain amount of naivety is is good because you just do stuff you'd never thought you'd be doing you know? well, this absolutely. is amazing but it's, it's like um, a real sliding doors moment that isn't it I mean it's just yeah you know it's it, obviously you've got to have the talents to be able to back yourself yeah. up with that but it's just these chance things that happen sometimes and all of a sudden that opportunity yeah. you've got to grab it it, it's it's massive i'm a massive sliding doors things i always say to people like one song will do it one meeting will do it there's a couple of t two or three times i think maybe in my life that something's happened that 
you might not have picked up on it. And yeah. loads of things that happened that I haven't picked up on it. So it's, but a couple of big turning points were because I took time to speak, speak to someone or find out what they were doing or help or go, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do, oh, it's going to yeah, give it a go, you know. Um, and it was it was absolutely amazing because from after Deep Space, uh, there was a band called Eric and the Good Good Feeling yeah. who signed to, unfortunately didn't crack anything, but signed to Warner's. Um, and it was a brilliant band. Eric uh, was a staff writer at Motown wrote these amazing songs, had a real Prince kind of fabulous voice. Um, and he was the musical director for doing the George. And so it was a natural thing to kind of move into this band, again, yeah. managed by the same team. And he was a keyboard prodigy. And I was the second keyboard player. So and I, looking back on it, he did it on purpose. But at the time, he would come over and go, hey, Dominic, can you play this? And I'd be like, yeah, I can play that. <laughs> Rest of the night working out this part and kind of come back the next day and say, Yeah, see, I can do it. You know, I oh, will try this. <laughs> and <laughs> but it kind of taught me how to play keyboards, which was yeah. just epic, you know, because sheet music versus, you know, chords. I, I really hadn't played, played, you know. Yeah. So it was this baptism of fire. And then we signed to Warner's. Uh, this is at the same time as Transvision Jam Band, the other ones that signed right. at the same time. And they stuck us in the studio with Stephen Haig, the producer Stephen Haig, <laughs> who had literally just finished um, the New Orders, uh, uh, True Faith. Yeah. Literally, he'd finished True Faith. We were the next ones in the studio. So they were mastering True Faith upstairs. And he was making the single with us, you know, and I was just there lapping it up, really, to be honest, you know, sitting. I didn't play on it, but watching this guy in this amazing, amazing engineer in Mayfair Studios making the making the tunes. So that was amazing. And then in the meantime, of course, at night, there's, there's clubs like, seminal clubs like Taboo, which now yeah. they've, they've written plays and books about Taboo. I'd be wandering there with, with Boy George and Marilyn on the guest list, swarming in and you know, swarming in and going, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> it's just incredible characters around. And I honestly, I would be the person that everyone took to me being straight. It was the funniest <laughs> thing. Everywhere, everywhere I'd ever been up to that point. You know, I was the oddest. Everyone would be taking the Mickey, which was which was brilliant. Absolutely lovely. <laughs> Just incredible. And I was so I'm sitting, you know, there again, still kind of 18 with the Stephen Haig thing. Um, and I basically was still playing live with with George on yeah. some of the gigs that he was doing outside of culture. That then hit his kind of druggy phase where it all sort of dipped it was he went through a real drop yeah um which wasn't great to see and it's great that he's come out the other side so i was kind of keyboard playing in that which was entertaining to a degree in itself if not yeah. a bit of a challenge um and then after that i really had to trying to be in the studio so i kind of bluffed my way into production a little bit and i was working right. with friends and learning studio and stuff. i mean i had a little little studio at home so i knew my way around that, that I suddenly seemed to blag my way into producing little stuff on decent in decent studios on decent desks, and I started doing um, remixes, being the keyboard player. So because I because I had all the computer kit and I could do everything from programming the drums yeah. through to the synths and stuff, I was the one man kind of operation that would go in with DJs quite a lot because when the the massive remix boom exploded back then and you ran and pull over like yeah. and, and some other guys like that really translating their ideas into 
music, you know. So with I only did a tiny bit with with Paul Ogenvall, but with Danny Mantling, I did quite a lot. And sometimes that would literally be this is what's happening. This is this is the feel I want on this tune. Right. It wasn't particularly musical. It was to, to translate what's going on in his head to something that's coming out the other end. It's quite oh, a, really quite a skill I mean, actually, really. Crikey. And yeah, so you've got to craft what's yeah, absolutely. So really He's trying to explain that to you, and you're trying to craft that together to turn it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. To try and work it out, you know, and and the skills of those are because I've never got up, stuck a record on, and watch everybody walk off the. <laughs> as I'm sure every DJ has done at one stage in his life, and I've never been, you know, put a record on and watch everything explode, you know. Yeah. And their ability to read moods and stuff is is incredible. So it's so brilliant. It's a, to go into a situation where you've got a song so you can bring in your musical ideas and and yeah. people might go oh djs or you know you can bring it but they'll never work unless you've got this kind of tastemaker who's saying i know what's going to happen when i put this on because i've done it before you know i know where it needs to such a learning experience doing a remix kind of as well is is an extremely yeah. difficult art form I, when i first started i mean i don't know any experiences you would making music when i first started making music remixing is what i wanted to do so that's why i started off trying mm. to do and then i realized mm. it's almost impossible it's just so hard to improve on something which was already very good in the first place everything i did was just yeah. terrible so i thought well, i'll make oh, my own stuff instead if it's a track you like if it's a track you like where'd you go yeah you know it's okay if you come in and go i think i can make this better or i think i can take this into a style that will work in a particular thing i mean boom got a bit crazy it, it did get to the point where there'd be 10 remixes commissioned on a track yeah. and and danny would get 10 grand a mix or something wow. you know for two or three days work yeah and then, the, and then, really, I think it, it kind of fell apart because of that. Because at the end of the year, the, the the labels would look at their yearly returns, and it turned out that they'd they'd paid to sign the act, they paid to record the record, they paid ten remixes to remix it. They'd had to give away the remixes to DJs because the DJs weren't going to buy them. They probably had to buy the singles to get them back in the charts anyway. Yeah, uh, the, the the original kind of move on singles was to fund the albums. You know, no one was buying the albums off the back of remixes back then it's different now yeah but uh, but yeah so he pulled all the funds away and suddenly it was like oh what should i do now you know <laughs> do a bit of production or something you know um but it, 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 it what it taught me and i was lucky i had some hits um i saw i was able to make tune tunes in studios and see them chart and make yeah. tunes and see them not chart you know see what we're, and that's an amazing experience to be able to obviously it's it's a dream come true it's super exciting to see what works and you realize how good some A&R guys were back then and how good and how bad some were you know the chances yeah. that just get lucky and the consistent whether they're being managers or label execs or A&R or acts or whatever that to keep that to keep that level going is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of just blundered around. I did a bit of songwriting and bits and pieces and just, uh, I actually set up a, a company that did more, um, sorry. I was uh, just going to say, well, you, you, I mean, you, you, you're kind of downplaying what you're doing an awful lot there. So you did it because you, you did loads of things. You were involved with uh, Tribe Called Quest, kind of kick it. So that, and then that's just, yeah. a, it's an anthem. It's just an yeah, a, that unbelievable was song. Yeah, that that was that was one of the the remixes. So as well as um, as uh, Danny Rampling, I worked with two guys called the Boiler House Boys, Ben yeah. and Andy, who were DJ team. 
um they're less well known they're they're probably the best dj team that never quite cracked to be the superstar dj yeah but they're the dj's dj um and the two two really really got on well i did loads and loads of stuff with them um from mc hammer who no one would ever mention <laughs> through to really obscure pop where, where yeah. british hip-hop wasn't a thing you know um and they had a a incredible knowledge of music um again neither of them particularly musical hmm. but really very insightful in that here's a track here's a remix yeah i know what would work there and, and the track, track request is a classic example of that it was a tune that had been around for a while that everyone was just loving saying this is this is going to be a hit yeah. whatever and called a marshall um who was who had them sign he's still a massive guy in the industry he wanted to do a mix for the uk release because he thought yeah. a, a, a mix away from the album if you listen to the album it still has a lou reed on the intro but it's pretty hardcore straight hip-hop great track yeah um, but a bit different from what ended up charting um and so he gave it to us the three of us to mix um and it was absolutely just one of those things that just came together but to show you some of the influences i mean on the, the challenge on hip hop and we were doing a lot of it was you couldn't play anything everything had mm. to be sampled so you literally couldn't play a chord yeah so back then it was a case of um if you take a sample off a piece of vinyl it would be at the wrong starters so you're time stretching things in s thousands and s 1100s which just yeah. has a percentage that you can stretch to there's no garage band or ableton live draggy mm. oh that's it you know automatic so a lot of my job would be the technicalities of how do i make this technically fit yeah. you know which is a great challenge so i used to love it it's not only was it hip-hop which i love it was like how on earth am i going to make this work you know with these dials and stuff um but there is archie bell and the drells there's uh uh ian jury and the blockheads what a waste is a sample on there um we've got uh, a sample of john pert the scarecrow in that oh, thing really that um <laughs> yeah there's so much stuff just really really cleverly i mean technically cleverly i was yeah but, but actually musically linked together that you'd never never believe was going on until we got prokofiev in there we were sitting there on the stage thinking oh god get prokofiev in us in a hip-hop track <laughs> and he's in there you know the it's the intro to the apprentice they're doing dum, 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 <laughs> that, that a classical intro yeah that's in there um, and we had to do it twice because we found we did a whole brilliant version with uh, a Sound of Muse start with the, the lady from the Sound of Music going, the first three notes are, <laughs> and the whole track would start. And then we spun her in as samples all the way through. Yeah. And then when they went to put it out, they couldn't get clearance no. for, for using those samples. So we literally had to go in, and this took us three days or something to make this thing, which is a yeah. long time in, in remix world. You normally get a day and you end up leaving at six in the morning. So we literally had to go back in and remake it completely. And we found a Beatles record um, where on the B side, there was a, an announcer going, oh, this is the sound of now, it's crazy. crazy. And the, you know, and screaming fans and stuff. So <laughs> added loads of other stuff all over it. But we got Pete Tong in. He's, got, he, he's in there going a tribe called quest you know? so he turned up we gave him dinner to to say that you know it's uh it's it's amazing tune and that's one of the ones that was a hit so you yeah. know kind of a month later we were in remixing i think the mint juleps or something we were doing the next track because there was literally there was so much work 
um, and, and the, the midweek charts would come through. And that was the first time we could look at the midweek charts and go, oh, it's coming at number 20. That's not bad, you know. And so you, you feel like you're in the proper music industry. You know, you've, you've done something that actually can bought, which is, which is huge. But yeah, but I say it is a proper anthem now, that as well. You know, it's, it, it, you yeah. mention it to anybody, everybody knows that song. You know, it's it's one of those yeah. ones that immediately anybody yeah. who knows anything knows. And and Full to try because you know there's 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 a massive difference between making a tune and a tune and, and remix it and making it a hit. You know, absolutely. The artist is is without doubt the most important. They're at the tip tip of that pinnacle. Yeah. It's it, there's no control experiment to work out what would have happened if it hadn't been turned into that. But it's definitely a lot. Uh, it, what I like about it, it's, it, it turned it into more of a crossover hit without taking any of the impact of the hip hop away. You know, it wasn't yeah. commercialized. It was a little bit and just made a little bit more interesting in some respects because there's yeah. more going into it without, without taking away any of the roots. And the band loved it. That's the most important thing. Because if yeah. you've got a, a, you know, a band like Tribe who already had a lot of, you know, kudos and albums, you don't want to be taking their tune and making it something that they go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, with the nicest possible way. Three little guys in London who don't know much about hip hop, you really, you know, but they did. They loved it. So that was that was the, the proud moment. I bet it was. I mean, yeah, it is an amazing piece of work. Uh, Dominic Hawkins, it's been an utter pleasure talking to you this evening. I've really, really enjoyed myself and uh, really appreciate you spending the time with us. Um, and, I know, uh, it's brilliant to be on it. As I say, I'm a big fan. So, yeah, more power to you. It's really, well, really good. And I hope lots of people uh, hear it as well. It's really good. Absolutely. Well, we're going to jump into a song now. So we're uh, actually going to play. Uh, a, a, this is a this is a Mr. Wiggly that you did for. I think it was Clownfest actually you did this for, wasn't it? Um, so we, there's actually two halves to this. We're going to play the first half this week, and we're going to play the second half in the next show. Um, and the first half is uh, it's, it's just awesome. Uh, it's the Good Doctor. Uh, it's you know anything with, with him in there is just going to be amazing. And it is it's his Beasley yeah. Street poem, isn't it? Which you put That's to right. music. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. It is. He's an incredible man, isn't he? And he uh, is. yeah, what what can you say? And it's so a bit, bit of a mix of my, my love of dub um, and and a mix of that. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. You just can't top him. Uh, you could you could play dustbins or incinerators behind him, and it would still sound great. But yeah, no, this is it's a, it's a, it's a live jam with uh, elements of door involved for this. So Clownfest was a, an online festival. It's no, Clownfest 6 is coming up in August, yeah. I think. It's a really good thing. Check out Clownfest on, on Facebook for that. So thank you very much indeed. That's a pleasure. So we're going to play now Beasley Street, which is uh, John Cooper Clark, which has been put together by Dominic Hawkin. Thank you very much, Dom. Obsolete. The legal term is 
Norman Vine in the case of Beasley Street. In the cheap seats where murder breeds, somebody is out of breath. Sleep is a luxury, they don't need a sneak preview of death. Belladonna is your flower, manslaughter your meat. Spend a year in a couple of hours on the edge of Beasley Street. Pink.
Dominic Halcombe, what an interesting chap he was. Uh, and what an amazing piece of music. I mean, that was a proper, proper anthem that he was playing on there. And uh, I, I hadn't realised, but it was actually you, Phil, pointed it out about the poem. Yeah, it sounded like John Cooper Clark poem. It's definitely a John Cooper Clark poem. Whether yeah. it's him delivering it, I don't know. Because yeah, it's so in, time with, so in time with the music, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like he did, it, he did it as a performance. I don't know. But, it's, uh, but as a piece of music, Phil, that really was something wasn't it oh like dub going on dub reggae um and some fabulous dub um drum breaks and yeah. what have you uh, you know rim shots and timbales and stuff 
fantastic. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, so, Martin, how did you find that? Yeah, but, well, as I said the dub, the dub vibe was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Reminded me a bit of uh, the left field album. Um, so that was that's sort of very left field. But yeah, we're, we're pretty sure it was. But it was amazing anyway. So thank you very much indeed, Dominic, for doing the interview and also for giving us that piece of music to play as well. It was awesome. Uh, and thanks for being a part of the community as well. He's part of our Union Human community, which is great mm. to have um, everybody involved into that. Yeah, so thank brilliant. you once again. Um, right, so we're going to move out of that and we're going to move into a good old friend of the show, which is Etch a Sketch. So we'll pop this on and we'll have a chat on the other side. So this is Etch a Sketch, The Wait.
It's hard to describe sometimes a piece of music he makes. Uh, it's Rob Dixon. Um, but that was just a lovely, warm, rolling, ambient piece that kind of just enveloped you a little bit and sort of wrapped its arms around you and you just had to go with the flow with the whole thing. Yeah, I loved it. It's, I think he's getting better and better, mm. old um, Rob. He's, he, he, he's, he gets through a lot of gear, and, but yeah. he seems to get to know it quite quickly and be able to produce some fabulous stuff. But this, that, I love that industrial yeah. start to it. Um, it sounded like um, something, somebody doing some industrial sort of process down a tunnel. Mm. And then um, it was like a Viking crumb horn or something started to come in. Yeah. And it got a totally different feel. And then it ended up in like some sort of sci-fi soundscape. Yeah. So I started to think, oh, you're on some sort of different planet. Um, so I went from sort of in some sort of factory through to like ancient history to it's on another planet in the whole journey yet it yet it all made sense fantastic and it it was a journey as well wasn't it It, i mean it was was a a journey journey. did anybody was it me or did anybody else spot something which sounded like a cat purring in there was that just me or is it just my cat purring? didn't hear that didn't you (laughs) there was like a it was like a could have been my cat purring you're quite right uh but it was like a, an underlying sound. Uh, it was about halfway through, I think, that I spotted it, of like a cat purring in there. As I say, it could oh, just yeah. be me. But have a listen again. Do, do you think it was a famous cat, like Mrs Slocum's Pussy from Are You Being Served? It could very well be. It could very well be. But again, you're not going to get me going. That, that cat, wasn't that cat called Throbbing Gristle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always one, it's usually you. <laughs> okay. It was. Uh, I asked. I asked Rob. Uh, it was all modular stuff. Right. And uh, again, if you guys know, um, I can try and pronounce it. I'm like a right, like right mess of it. But uh, a morphogene and Akbar and uh, a Mionfon for all the glitchy delay stuff. Easy for you to say, man. Oh, isn't it weird how Zoom made you all glitchy as you were talking about the glitchy gear? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, again, yeah, thanks very much, Rob. It was a beautiful piece of music. That was Etch-a-Sketch <clears> the <throat> way. Uh, I know Rob's got a load of stuff on Bandcamp, so if you go and search up Etch-a-Sketch on Bandcamp, you'll find him on there. He's also actually got an album on Spotify at the moment as well, so you can go and find him on there too. Uh, so, yeah, do search that out. Um, right, we're going to come out of that. I'm going to go into... Um, this, is, oh, this is... This is great. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about this in the other side, but this is Caro C. Uh, this is Dreamers for Alyssa.
for Alyssa. That was amazing. Was that was that the best use for cowbell ever? It was a cowbell, wasn't it? It was beautiful. Well, some sort of beautiful mallets, yeah. 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 Maybe it wasn't a cowbell then. <laughs> it was just me thinking, <laughs> that's the best best use of ever a cowbell for years, because normally you just get a dong out of it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ding dong. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's just me. How did you, how did you, find, how did you find it, Phil? Well, like you say, I didn't find it was a cowbell. I thought I put clanky glockenspiel. That's probably more. But, it, but it was, and it's got glitchy drum pattern again with the weird yeah. timing, which we we like on this show. Yeah. But um, and and I love a noise snare drum as well. It got a noise snare drum in there, and then this clanky glockenspiel that you think the cowbell came in. 
Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And do you know what? It, through all the randomness, it got quite a good melody to it. Yeah. That you could really pick up on the mm. melody and that carried you through the song. And I thought it was very clever, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with clever you. Yeah. piece of music. Because again, it, it's one of those pieces that's not necessarily challenging to listen to, but it's it's not as easy a piece just to sit and listen to as others because there is so much other interesting things going on there. You kind of want to concentrate on it, really, rather than just sit back and let it wash over. Yeah. You don't want to miss out on I the just, little nuances that are going on in there. Now, I just wanted to mention the lyrics in there because there was mm. a, I'm sure, I'm wondering if Dreams for Elisa is about a guinea pig, and I'm going to tell you this now, why? Because there's, there, she mentions magma in there. Right. Magma. And then on our power for renewal, we used to have a guinea pig called Magna. Magma. Are you sure that she wasn't just drinking Magnus? <laughs> magma, not Magnus. Oh. <laughs> You're always going to alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. Is Magma but the hamster yeah. still around? No, which oh. made me wonder about the power for renewal unfortunately didn't apply to our guinea pig <laughs> well who's now dead this, Carry on, this, this, tr this track is uh, coming from a new album called electric mountain right um right. so so uh <clears throat> I, I better give you a bit of background to caro because um be i good. met her a couple of, uh, two three years ago at a performance in in birmingham um and she she's sort of of the uh, electric acu acoustic sort of scene and uh, so yeah experimental music is yeah, probably have is her forte, um, <clears throat> and she does a lot of um, uh, commissions for theatre and films. And uh, the, I think BBC describe her as a sonic enchantress, um, which is probably a, a great description. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I say I, I I met her, and the other the other sort of big thing how, how I've made a connection uh, was obviously I've seen her perform. Um, is that I, we both have a love for Delia Derbyshire. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. and she she is what she's one of the uh, one one of the ladies involved with the, uh, the Delia Derbyshire Day, right? And so she, every every uh, every year, well, apart from what's just happened, uh, there is an event in Manchester where they have a Delia Derbyshire Day, right. and they get lots of musicians together to do uh, electroacoustic type of music, um, and the, and she's uh, I think she's one of the main organisers. Oh, superb. Yeah, well, it's, I've, 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 yeah, I have seen a bit of stuff online about the Delia Derbyshire Day. Um, so, yeah, again, mm. that's worth looking up. And if you, if you don't know about Delia Derbyshire, it's worth doing a bit of a Google on her as well, who's quite an amazing oh, pioneer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, that was an amazing piece of music again. So uh, thank you <coughs> very much indeed for that. Um, we've got now something coming up, uh, which is lovely. I, am I allowed to do my joke? I don't know. So stick it in anyway. Uh, wh why don't you wear Russian underpants? Because Chernobyl fall out. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly <laughs> it. So now we have got Black Mass with Chernobyl.
that was Black Mass Chernobyl. That just washed over me uh, like something. Just I feel almost bad about doing the joke at the beginning now because that was such an amazingly wonderful uh, uh, emotional piece of music. Um, well, I've been I've been sort of listening to some stuff when I first started writing music again, sort of uh, uh, sort of. 2008-9 I just I had a, a lot of music I was I was buying at the time mm. and so I blank mass was a, I think was actually in Q magazine of a you know a, I thought oh I'll get this because it sounds like a, something I'd like yeah so I, I went for a walk the other day and I, I put blank mass on again I thought oh this is amazing and uh, there, there, it was difficult to choose what to put on because there's so much mm. and I I, I really didn't, didn't realize actually because um one of his tracks from the album this is a from the self-titled album blank mass yeah. Um, is uh, one called Sun, Sundowner, right. which was used during the opening ceremony of the uh, 2012 Olympics, apparently. Really? Wow. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a bit of... Now, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say the F word, but, but unfortunately... We're not. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just to bring it yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's a member of the <laughs> buttons. Right. We'll beep that bit over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's Benjamin John Power. He, he right. is Blank Mass. Right. Okay. That's super. How did you find it, uh, Phil? Yeah. Well, I thought it was lovely. Like you said, it was like a wash of mm. sound um, that, that but so much emotion in it, which yeah. summed up to me Chernobyl. And um, last night mm. I tried, I tried to listen to it, and I nodded off to it, which isn't a criticism. Yeah. It's because mm. it was so hypnotic, mm. and mm. and I just relaxed totally to it. And I've had a good listen today, and it's absolutely fabulous. So my cat's agreeing as well. I don't know if you can hear it. But my cat was having a right good agree to that. Slightly, yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought that was my pussy. <laughs> no, not this week, not this week, Martin. <laughs> not this week. <laughs> but it's like, do you remember in the Morecambe and Mice? There used to be a guy come on with a, mic, with a, a mouth organ. And he'd come not on now, Arthur. Go, not now, Arthur. <laughs> not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not now, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> used to love that. Anyway, uh, bye bye. Um, wow. So now we have got another friend of the show coming up, another member of the community. This is Mark Albrow. This is uh, just a, a brilliant piece of music. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about it on the other side. This is Mark Albrow. Doors slam, water splashes, children laugh.
that was Mark Allbrow, Door Slam, Water Splashes, Children Laugh. Um, what a wonderful collection of sounds just pulled together into a beautiful piece of, it's almost, it's almost not a song, just an experience. It was just absolutely delightful, that whole thing. How did you find it, Phil? You've swapped places, Phil. Look at that. You've jumped into Martin's seat and Martin's jumped into you. How did you do that? I don't know. I look the same <laughs> way round on here. That's extraordinary. <laughs> He's down the bottom for, for me. It's not, like not down squares. my bottom, but it's like celebrity squares with, with Lenny Bennett. Gosh, yeah, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, Phil. Anyway, back to, yeah, back to the. Uh, it's it's a um, it's a curious title, considering I couldn't hear much water splashing or children laughing, but but I could hear plenty of found sounds going on in there. Yeah. And, a, and it started with a jaunty sort of swing beat and then went into this. It was another journey, wasn't it, really? It was, um, there was like a clockworky sort of bit in there. Well, yeah, it was I like found a, it very interesting. Yeah, it's like a children's music yeah. box type thing, wasn't it? Like a wind-up music box in there. Yes. Um, it just had a very childlike feel about the whole thing. It, had a, it made me smile throughout because it just, you know, yeah. I, I was looking at the title thinking, I know exactly why you've called it that because it feels like that title. Well, I, I also wrote down, could have been eerie, but wasn't. Yes, eerie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Perhaps I tuned into the eerie. Uh, right, next up, we've got... Uh, OK, let's just dive straight into this. We'll chat about it on the other side. This is Eric Wallow, Different Spaces.
That was Eric Wallow, Different Spaces. That was like having a walk along a distant shoreline somewhere, the wind gently blowing in your hair. And you know what I mean? You're kind of getting lost in the moment walking by something. That was just absolutely awesome. Real lovely ambient piece of music again. How did you find it, Phil? Yeah, uh, like you said, it's like a, I couldn't make out whether it was real guitar in there or it had been done on a synth with a guitar yeah. sort of sample. And mm. there's like some e Ebo guitar in there as well. Um, yeah. You know, where you use like a magnet, I think it is, to resonate the strings and uh, what have you. And, and also in the background. Now, I'm a sucker for a bit of phased rhythm, a la yeah. um, the middle bit of um, Autobahn, where it's yeah. like a fantastic bit of phased rhythm in there. I, I love that. Um, it, and it was just um, like a washed with atmosphere. I had summary images. It's another one because... I'm one person that music does make me drift off to sleep if it's too relaxing. <laughs> and I thought, wow, at the right time of the evening, this would be great. <laughs> this would be fabulous. <laughs> oh, it was a really lovely piece of music. Um, how, how did you find it, Martin? Well, I say I, I, I've been enjoying Eric Waller's music for a few few years now, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 just beautiful. Um, and you, you're right, he's there is he's a guitarist. Um, so oh, okay. as well, obviously he's a good, he's a guitarist, but obviously he he likes you know he, he creates these atmospheric, beautiful electronic uh, pieces with sequences in them. And what well, you've been saying about the rhythm, the rhythm is always like to me was always a little bit secondary, but it's, you know it's there. Yeah. But it's the main part of the piece is the ambience of the of the whole piece. There there are beats in his music. Yeah. Which you can you can work you can you can hear them, but they just sit there in the background. Not, not too intrusive. Yeah, it's crafted, isn't it? You know, it's mm. the something that builds the, it keeps that rhythm in there, but you don't, it isn't sort of front and centre. It's just there to, yeah. to keep yeah. the, the whole thing moving along and just give you that that feel mm. that it feels, you know, just feels right. Um, right, we're coming up to, uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's our proper friend of the show, it's Andy Peggs. Um, friend so of the show, mate. It is, proper friend of the show. Wow. Um, so I'll tell you what, let's dive into this one. And then we'll uh, we'll have a chat about it on the other side. But this is Andy Peggs with his Snorps Showcase.
was Andy Pegs with his Snorps showcase. Um, you can find where where does he put all his Snorps? I think those are on Bandcamp as well, aren't they? Everything's on Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, Andy Pegs. Uh, Andy Pegs. Bandcamp.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that I mean, mm -hmm. they are just an amazing set of apps, aren't they? And he he gives them away so that you can actually go and use them and stuff if you want and all the rest of it. So I, I am right now, aren't I? He does, doesn't he? I think. Um, well, yeah, I think they're free to free to download, and yeah. you know, it's uh, I haven't quite didn't quite listen to the, the whole seventy three. I think it was seventy three, um, right. um, but I I listened to a few and I thought and I chose from each album or mm. Snorps collection uh, one to to select from this group. We yeah. basically what we did we we chose five from each each individual Snorps, and he just he's actually just released Snorp six today. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, prolific <laughs> is really the word, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah. extraordinary. And then you stitch together the, the the five that you'd chosen for Andy, and then we put those together. In yeah. that. And Andy produced those videos. So if you listen on the radio, you won't be able to see the videos. But anyway, Andy produced the videos that went with those as well. Mm. So how yeah. did you find these, Phil? Obviously, you've known Andy a long time. Oh yeah, I've known Andy, uh, man and boy, and uh, he's, I just can't get over his energy. It makes me go, huh. it makes me mad. How does he do all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, while he's doing that, he's doing the allotment. He's got the kids, the cats, the job, and he does all these snorps. He does all snippets of, uh, and it's always really catchy tunes yeah. he manages to do. And you think, have I heard that before? And you think, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's so familiar and catchy. I particularly like the last snorp, hmm. the um, metal feet, yeah. which is a more, I think it's more than a small knob, uh, knob. It's more than a small nod <laughs> towards um craft work and the, oh, yes. the robots. Yeah, I, yeah which, I, it's brilliant. It's I said on, yeah, nothing. same same thing there. Uh, I think it was numbers by uh, from Computer World. Mm. It sat it reminded me of the last one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they really. Yeah, I mean, he does produce some cracking stuff. And as I say, go and have a listen on Bandcamp because there's loads of them on there. And if he's just released a load more as well, um, then and they are quite interesting yeah, little pieces those to, to use if you want to use them. The intention was always for the music to be a snapshot hmm. in a moment in time. The patches are dismantled after each recording, rendering them impossible to replicate. Right. It's a shame, but right. because I, I, I said to him, yeah. you know, some of these have got yeah. legs. Yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah. Biggs said you can't replicate them again, so that they that's it. What you hear, right? You can't you can't expand it into a full track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was one of those little Toria um, um, keyboards. Ah. Um, what they called the Keystep yeah. Pro. I think he uses one yeah, of them. Yeah. But yeah. but also, um, I wonder if it's worth mentioning his new adventure, the um, electronic music open mic. Indeed. That he's doing mm. along with all his snorps, along with rebuilding a synth out of wood and all sorts of stuff that he's doing. And he's even blown Tim Lewin out the water with the <laughs> amount of output. And that's saying something. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> Some of the beat Tim. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's worth it for everybody, anybody wants to fancy getting in touch with him about playing live like um, an open mic situation. Yeah, please get in touch with him because I think yeah. he's looking for people to step up. In Chester, next one's it? in Chester, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Chester. I can't. Yeah, again, um, the date. I can't remember the date is, but yeah, yeah. It's Chester. It's, I think it's um, late I'm, summer in Chester. I think it is, isn't it? And then I think he's mm, actually going to tour yeah. it around a little bit, so that they're going to do it in different places, which would be great <clears> as well. <throat> Thank you very much, Andy. Uh, wonderful tunes as always. So it's the last, last big song of the night, lads. Uh, this, and it is a big song. It's a very big song. Uh, it's a very, very big song. It's Big Black Delta. This is Hugging and Kissing. 
Now, I've put down, um, and I'm not meaning to make name drop or anything like that, because, as you know, I used to be signed to Factory. <laughs> and I just thought this would, go, would have gone so well on Factory Records roster around yeah. the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it's just got those type of drums that sort of new order-ish. And, yeah. and it, it's, yeah, got, a, it's yeah. got an old, old school feel, but up-to-date <clears> sort of um, thing. And I think the guy who's... Um, who does this music is got associated with Nine Inch Nails or something. It's, it's quite a oh, well-connected really? guy. So, yeah, I was looking on the internet. Right, he's, he's, right wrong or right, Mark. This is a side project. He's a um, uh, of J Jonathan Bates. Right. Um, his name is. That's and, it, yeah. And his main band output is uh, is a is, is a band called Melodrone. And right. uh, for the sound of it, it sounds like it's going to be another electronic, but it's more it's more rock. Right. Uh, it's, it's like a rock band uh, than than anything at Melodrone. So, but there's two albums out now. And how I how I found this um, in sort of January, February, we're watching a lot of Netflix. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you guys do this, but uh, I hear something. I thought then I had to Shazam it. And yeah. uh, I was watching ah. uh, I was watching a series called The Sinner, and it's a brilliant series. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, brilliant series. And this music was part of the this this particular series series one of the sinner and that's how that's how i heard it and uh, you know since then i bought two albums of it and right. it's just brilliant yeah it is superb yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely why did you find it there phil again yeah it was it was absolutely brilliant and uh, i think that it, it, there's some mention of uh, his band actually supporting gary newman have you really gary what? newman Get out of town. Yeah. Well, he used really? to be a friend of the show, but he, he fell out well, with us, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did a little bit. Yeah. Over those fruit pastels. Yeah. Yeah. We won't bring, all, we won't bring up fruit pastel no. gate again. No. Well, did, didn't, didn't any good you nicking his spaceship? Shh. <laughs> not, not now, Arthur. Not now. <laughs> That's going to be a running joke of the show now, that is. Uh, yeah. Right. Well, that was a superb piece of music. Thank you very much indeed, Black, uh, Big Black Delta. Again, Bandcamp, probably best place, is it? Or Spotify? Uh, bigblackdelta.bandcamp.com There we go, thought it might be um, and also we've got something very exciting happening um, actually this week haven't we so uh, Gonzo Magazine uh, we've actually got yeah. some, um, some space in Gonzo Magazine, go on Phil Yeah, it's called Gonzo Weekly if you want to Google it and, How um, often is it uh, out Phil? 
I think Every it's fortnightly. Fortnight. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love something from us every fortnight, I hope. <laughs> So where do, it's called Gone So Weekly. <laughs> so where do where do people actually find it? Where so if you want to go and have a look at it, where where is it? Is it a physical weekly or is it a, a digital? I, I just weekly? googled it. Right. I, I googled it. I should have written the blooming the uh, URL down, but I, I forgot. It's, you, it's, a, it's a it's a PDF. Um, he he produces every yeah okay. week. Yeah <laughs> yeah week yeah. But very kindly, he's given us some space in there. So it is it is gonzoweekly.com, I think, which is fortunate. There it is. Yes, I've got it up on my screen now, gonzoweekly.com. So if you just go there, you'll be able to find it on It's easy then. It's easy. Yeah. It's a good, really, really interesting read. Yeah. It really is. Because it's, yeah. it's not, it's a bit like only human radio. It's not mainstream. It's, yeah. you know, it's got a, a different outlook. It's <clears throat> very interesting and really yeah. nice chap that runs it, isn't it, and Martin? is a friend of yours. Yeah, Jonathan Downs. Yeah, he, he's involved with the Weird Weekend, which is a okay. collection of a, a very strange, uh, yeah, generally strange things about uh, flying saucers, creatures that don't exist. Oh, yeah. don't exist. I like the sound of that. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cracking. That sounds like a boys' weekend away to me. That'd be superb. So uh, yeah, do uh, do Google mm. it. Go and have a look at it. We've, we've got a little piece in there, and it is a great little read as well. It's just nice. Uh, unusual eclectic little yeah. piece to, to have yeah. a read around so yeah. thank you very yeah. much for featuring is that as well uh talking to thank yous let's just have a quick rundown of what we've had tonight because we've had some amazing stuff on so we started off with jay robinson featuring idris elba know yourself what a tune that was and it, and he's also on the dead mouse label uh, and i think you're saying he actually kind of works with dead mouse as well from old colwyn mm. around the corner who would have thought that yeah uh, yep. so that was a superb piece of music thank you very much for that and then we came into all india radio I did that exactly the same last time. All India radio is what I'm trying to say. Sunburst, uh, which was that beautiful summer vibe that we had there as well. Um, then we came straight into Marianne Holland, Stronger, which was that lovely. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say Kate Bush again, Martin. Um, but it um, had that Kate Bush feel about it. Uh, so, and then we came out like, man, it's going to go mad. Uh, and then we came straight out of that for Minimum Small Hours. Can you lift me up? Um, which was a lovely song again. And we'd like to hear more Minimums as well, if we possibly can. Uh, and then, I'm never going to be able to pronounce this right, Eromnim, Eromnim, got it that, that time. Eromnim mm. 3 with right. uh, DM6 Quantum. And I can't even remember the rest of the name. It was an amazing song, though, that beautiful piece of music, which is from their album, Dark Machina. Uh, then we had Etch a Sketch, The Weight, always great stuff from Rob. Uh, uh, we then went into Caro C, Dreams for Alyssa. Uh, you're right, Phil, it wasn't a cowbell. You're absolutely right. Uh, you're always right on those <laughs> things. I should never even try and attempt to, to, to be the, the right one on those. Uh, then we went into uh, Black Mass, Chernobyl. We won't do the joke again. Uh, Mark, Old Brow, Door Slam, Water Splashes, Children Laugh, which I just, that was possibly my favourite song of the night. I don't know why. It was just something really nice about that. <laughs> um, Eric Wallow, Different Spaces, we then moved into. And then we had Andy Pegg's Snorp Showcase, which is awesome. Go and have a look at uh, Andy's Snorps on, uh, on Bandcamp. And then we finished off with Big Black Delta, Hugging and Kissing, which was just a storming dance tune. Martin, as always, you've done a superb uh, job putting all the pieces together there and lining them all Thanks, up guys. and bookending it with some nice good banging beats mm. in there. Phil, your insight from a person who, um, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but was signed previously in the music industry as well. Uh, it's always great to have in there and uh, great, to have, great to have your insight into the stuff that's going on there. Yeah. So, have you enjoyed yourself, Thank boys? You. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's a stonk, stonking, stonking collection of frequencies. 
It was indeed. Yeah. And also, of course, right in the middle, we had our interview with Dominic Halkin and that amazing piece of music that he uh, he let us play for him as well, which was superb. So he was very, very appreciative to Dominic for doing that for us as well. So I hope everybody's enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be here again in a couple of weeks' time with some more special tunes. Martin, do you want to do your big goodbye first? Bye. That's an excellent one. It's better than last week. So, Phil. Therapy. It's the same Wolverhampton. That's very good. <laughs> better than your theremin. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. <laughs> see ya. Radio.